Hey, Joe, do you know how you can tell owls are smarter than chickens? No, how? You never heard of Kentucky Fried Owl? Hey, oh. <laughs> a little, little tape delay. Uh, Joe, where is the ocean the deepest? Where is the ocean? Oh, is it a, is it a, a woman's heart? <laughs> the bottom. <laughs> 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 Ocean is deepest at the bottom. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. I'm uh, Joe, still. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to another sunshine-filled episode of Carnival Personnel Podcast. I uh, apologize to all our listeners uh, who tuned in last Monday to hear nothing. Nothing. And usually we have nothing to say, but we take about an hour and 20 minutes to say it. Last week... Uh, just hours before the podcast, I think it was, or was it the night before? I have to text Joe, letting him know that I am no longer the owner of a MacBook Pro that works. Yeah, you know, my uh, my plan worked, I <laughs> at least for a week. <laughs> I was able to disable the podcast, stave off at least 14 days without having to record my voice and listen to it. But, uh, you know, foiled again. I, I told Joe that my youngest decided that uh, that I didn't need a MacBook Pro anymore or any computer in the house, and he promised that it wasn't him who paid him to break my computer, robbing me of the ability to podcast. And when I had sent out word to some friends and some F&H guys who I know will accidentally tune in now and then, uh, All-Star Tommy instantly writes back, you know, that Joe must have paid him to do it. So I'm like, oh, and I said that, you know, great and evil minds think think alike. But uh, but sadly, sadly, Joe figured out that we could still do it. Like we keep we keep finding ways to be less modern day tech savvy and still do this. You know, we went from you know, at your humble abode with the mixer and all the mics and like the, the ceiling lights and the tech crew, and the, you know. You got to admit the craft services was pretty good those days. Pretty damn good. It really was. I, I will I will say I miss it more than uh, than the drive itself. But uh, but then we we were downgraded to you doing it from your side of the world and me doing it from this side of the world. And we had some troubles here and there, but we made it work. I mean, honestly, I told Joe like last night, hey, let's try to do a test. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to get some Dixie cups and a shitload of string and start running to your house now. You know, they're not called uh, Dixie cups anymore. They're just called the cups. Oh, yeah. Yes. Is Dixie, <laughs> is, is Dixie part of the canceled? <laughs> you bet you believe it. Oh, uh, but anyways, so here we are. You know, we'll get into why later. But I was going to pitch Joe last week, and I'm going to formally do it now. I would like to sooner than later do a Henry Winkler sideshow. Oh, somebody just watched Barry. I didn't say why I wanted to. <laughs> if you want to jump ahead. You know. I don't want to jump any sharks here. I mean, to any conclusions. <laughs> but, yeah, and, 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 and honestly, the guy's done so much work that I think we both both love. And I think... We're on the same page, you know, without, you know, um, spoiling the future Henry Winkler sideshow. But I think his portrayal as the head football coach in the water boy is <laughs> See, maybe, maybe, he touched the sun. Like, he, he touched the sun. See, I, I would have thought that you would have been more of the night shift kind of guy. Uh, 
Dude, night shift. I, I, how often do we quote night shift on this show? Never. Like, oh I, I've never seen. No. I think I've seen it once. You might quote it a oh. thousand times, and I'm not picking then, up on then it. Then you're not getting. Yeah, this is you know reminding Joe to shut up, to shut feed the tuna fish mayonnaise before you put them in the can. Right? Like <laughs> that was his like, idea. <laughs> no, Michael. Michael. Like so, so the, the two guys. And we're going to have to watch it. It's it's mandatory homework to do this. Uh, it's Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler, and they work at like the city morgue. And Henry Winkler is an old guy, like fifty years older, probably mid forties, who's worked at the morgue forever. No nonsense. And Michael Keaton is always looking for an angle. Like he rents out the hearse as a limousine for like <laughs> high school proms, and it's great. At one point, he's you know driving some kid to a prom. He's like, "Hey, do you like music?" The guy's like, "Yeah." He goes. All right, dun dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then they decide they become pimps reluctantly. And but Michael Keaton has this little tape recorder, he's always making notes. And he's like, I got an idea, edible garbage, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, uh, but but well, you know, look, after you watch, you know, night shift, you might want to do a night shift sideshow. I'm dead, serious. anyways, <laughs> but. But I would like to do that. The other big news, other than not having a computer anymore, probably ever again, uh, on uh, last Monday, a week ago today, I had an all-expense-paid trip to New York City. New York City? (laughs) uh, uh, To pick up a three-legged dog at JFK for the Katara rescue that my management is a part of. But... Why would you re- would you really just drive all the way to JFK and back in the same day to just pick up a three legged dog coming in from a flight for guitar? And the answer is, yeah, we would. But in this case, we also picked up. I wish I was funny enough to make this up. A three legged cat from the same rescue. <laughs> <laughs> so fourteen hours round trip there and back. Uh, the dog's name is Logan. Completely, completely great. I have trouble remembering names, but I, ironically, I think Logan's run yeah. to remember How ironic. my new mic device. <laughs> yeah, you know, and look, we've had we have a three-legged cat of our own. It's effed up because management will tell you this, and and it doesn't make a lot of sense to you or me, Joe. Another friend of mine, Ronick, who adopted a special need dog from management, who herself years back, you know, volunteered with the rescue. She will flat out tell you the tripods go quick. You get a fucked up dog, you get a blind dog, you get a deaf cat. In our case, you get a three-legged cat with one eye. And there's so many wingnuts out there who the heartstrings are so pulled and they have to have it. It's crazy. Oh, here's a completely healthy, shots neutered four-year-old lab mix. And it will sit in the shelter and rot in hell. You know, you bring in like, you know, honestly, a, a two-legged iguana you know, <laughs> with a mangled ear and that sucker is out of there. Um, this poor guy, however, so I didn't want to say we got a bait and switch, but uh, in the return policy is you take the dog or it stays here at JFK. And I don't know where the poor sucker goes. But the poor guy is about 80 pounds heavier than the video that the rescue sent us. Like him running, you know, up and down the alleyway at the other foster's home. And when the wife, you know, contacted the, the rescue on the way home and said, hey, uh, this poor guy can't move. I mean, honestly, for him to walk, 
you know, 10 feet and go down the three steps we have going from our front door to the outside. You know, we put a towel under his belly to kind of take pressure off it because that much weight on his one good front leg, you know. (laughs) But he is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly sweet. And we'll have him. We already started him on a program. You know, I've talked about it before. The lengths that management will go to make her own dog food, you know, depending if the dog has mange or if the dog has a skin condition or if the dog, you know, needs a gluten-free vegan base, you know, uh, uh, you know, a uh, hala diet, you know, she, she will cook it. So she does. So she started making his own food. Um, great dog. But that, that was like, you know, the new addition. It is just a foster as is the cat, but, uh, but that's just uh, that is, that that that's what I've been up to since our last talk, Joe. And how has your life fared in the last fourteen days? Ah, uh, just fine. Let's get through this podcast because this connection is okay. But it's it's irritating me as you know. As much as I don't want to do the podcast, this is really pushing my limits as to how I badly I don't want to do the podcast. But we must press on. What's wrong with the world? Well. Let's go with what's right with the world. In 2020 has kind of sucked, but I, you know, and as we talked to the last podcast, I got hit with a 31-year-old parking ticket that put a strain, or not a parking ticket, whatever ticket, you know, to get a mass license. Hopefully next week I have good news because I go back Thursday, but that was a cost I wasn't expecting. The computer, we're not sure what we're going to do about. But all might be right because I got a call last Thursday, this past Thursday, from my Armed Forces Entertainment uh, contact getting ready to book tours finally and i'm happy to say joe it looks like i will be taking a WNBA team on a uh four country mid-east tour in september of 2021 oh well you know <laughs> that makes sense like that's how far ahead that there's they're booking tours now they don't even want and when the phone rang i'm like Oh, I, I really don't think I'm going to be okay getting on a plane in November or December. You know, if they want to do something for the holidays. And he's like, yeah, we're starting to book. We're looking at dates. We want to plug things in. Uh, what do you have going? Do you think we can make a WNBA thing happen uh, September 2021? And I just started laughing. Like, dude, it's 1130 in the morning here, and I don't know what I'm having for lunch. <laughs> you want me to try to rep? Because no, I just put the dates on the book. We can plug in the players' names like 90 days out. But, you know, I, I'll kind of start, you know, lining things back up with you. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, it's it's funny because one, he, this guy, he's in Florida now, but he's based in guitar usually. And the other guy I deal with who's based in uh, Arlington, Virginia. I had a nice talk with him on Monday. And he called, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, but I have to go down my call list and turn in a call sheet every week to show. Uh, so I'm just calling you to shoot the shit, see what's going on. I'm going to do a dummy email saying, hey, it was great talking. I'm glad that you and, and, and list off like four or five of the tours. I'll eventually do, you know, come 13, 14 months from now. But, uh, but to my job prospects are looking up joe looking looking up and by up i mean uh 400 days from now so. hey, you know you gotta you gotta take it one day at a time like that uh song 
if I could only get my name in the phone book, then, because that's how you get noticed. Right, then you could be somebody. <laughs> uh, what about you, Joe? Any highlights going on with you? Any exciting things that, that came across your Twitter feed or noteworthy events you'd like to yap? Um, not uh, not a whole lot. I, it, the past week has really been, past two weeks, have been really kind of a... Uh, a blur. It's probably because of all the tears in my eyes. From, <laughs> but you know, I, I I'm trying not to live on Twitter. But God damn it, it's my only aside from this podcast, my only form of human connection. Family aside, my family's there too. Yes. All right. Yeah. And the crap of the kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the, cr- the crap of the kids never going to happen. The logistics are just <laughs> yeah right. But Twitter is always there. And as much as I l- hate Twitter, I can't do without Twitter. I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? He he had a point. You complete me. <laughs> right, two movies. All right, let's go for a third. Um, well, I don't I don't know how much we've talked about it, and and it doesn't matter if we talked about it yesterday. You got a kid, you know, in high school now, and day to day, it's like in our town and all our friends, you know, who are you know have school age kids. It's like oh. We're remote learning. Oh, no, today they're going to do a hybrid. No, no, they want everybody in. And, and then the, so as of now, well, when do you when does your kid have to go back to school? Well, my son is going in for an orientation on the 10th and then they're going back on the week of the 16th or whatever that week is. And their schedule is going to be each class or each grade is going to go for a week. And then three weeks of remote learning. So they're going to rotate. It's going to be grade 9 one week, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12, and then back to grade 9. So we'll see how far that goes. And they say that they're going to close the school down or go all remote learning if there's evidence of at least, I think the percentage was 3% of cases, not cases, but people exhibiting symptoms of COVID-19. Right. So, so. You know, your kid walks in two weeks in and he has a cold, like his nose is running or, you know, mom's dropping a kid off and like sneezes as the kid's getting out of the car. Because more and more, you know, one of the big things in our town and man, I feel bad uh, for the people who are reliant on the buses because A, you know. I can't think of a worse place to put a kid, you know, than on a bus right now. Yeah. But to cut down on the, the crowding on buses. Our school system has gone from you get the bus if you're a half mile or more away. Otherwise, if you're within a half mile, you're a walker to two miles as the crow flies, which you might be 2.3 miles. But with streets and war, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that that. But you're you know, you're not. You're 1.9 by the Yeah. And there were so many people. It's like and at the same time. Think we're remote. We're doing it remote, but you know, I, we were on the the Zoom call with the director of the school, and you know, one of the ladies, you know, they, well, they goes. And the more bad news is the drop off used to be like seven fifteen to eight. You had to be there by eight. If you if your kid walked through the threshold of the front door at eight, he's not late, and you can drop somebody off as early as eight fifteen. Now it's a tight window from seven forty five to eight, and there were people like. I have to be at work at 8. I drop my kid off at 7.15, and I got a 40-minute drive, and if I make the lights, I'm not at work at time. I can't drop my kid off, you know, and then the people who are relying on the bus and stuff, and, you know, it is. It's just a cluster, but it's, you know, 
in our town, it was going to be, well, you can remote learn, but we're not going to really support it. And all kids are going to be in. And then it changed to, we're going to do a week on and a week off. And then it changed to, we're going to do two groups. You can come in Monday and Thursday, or you'll be assigned to the Tuesday, Friday group. And everybody remote learns on Wednesday. And as of two days ago, they decided, well, we can't do that. So we're going to have a lottery for the remote for who can come in in person. And the lottery is going to be sometime next week. I think you have to have your application. And it does. It changes day to day. And whether it's our town school committee meetings, whether it's with the school director and other friends, everybody has the same thing. And the wife, you know, talked to her friends. I've talked to some of, you know, our kids' friends from different towns and my family members. And it's funny because every one of these Zoom meetings, it's the first or second question. Why are we doing this on a Zoom meeting instead of meeting at the town hall? Well, because it's not safe. Oh, then why are we sending my kids to school? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what town. It's every every meeting. It's the first or second question. It's like, oh, we're having this meeting because it's not safe for us to all be together. But in two weeks, you're going to magically figure out how, it, you know, and then you hear like teachers. It's like my whole day is going to be, Timmy, put your mask on. Janine, put your mask on. Michael, put your mask on. Okay, everybody take your mask off because we have to eat in the classroom. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> Nobody talk while you're eating. And, and when you see the, the draconian rules, that's what it is. It's like, okay, so the masks have to be off twice a day because you're going to have breakfast and lunch in the rooms and nobody can be talking or yelling across to each other because that's you know where it spreads. So we're going to have to sit at our desks in silence and eat. Boy! School sounds like a shitload of fun. Yeah, like what's the point of doing it if you can't get the benefits of being in person? It's 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 all silliness. It's madness. It's also like there's pushback from people who actually want their kids to go to school because either they're not afraid of COVID nineteen or they're like, I got to get to work or I we I can't do this anymore. I can't have my kids with me. I need you know I'm not equipped to teach my kids or to you know, put them in front of a computer for eight hours or I don't know. Or just, we, we, we need, we need normalcy. I don't care at, at any cost. And, and the thing is, right. It, and it sucks every way around. And I do, I have so much empathy and, and, and we've talked about this. There should be programs where you have childcare because that's a big thing, you know, in our town with the lottery kids who are on an IEP or a 504 plan or have special needs and challenges, they get first priority for in-school learning because of the need system. And then after, so after those amount of kids decide or parents decide if their kids are going to go in or not, then, then the lottery spaces will be filled. But you know, and I know, uh, you know, it is, it's, you know, we, we, we can do a poll, you know, we can do an over under, I'm saying before November 1st, everybody, everybody in the country is going to be home because there isn't, I don't think there's a college that's opened up yet that hasn't had the outbreak. And yeah. I don't know I don't know if you saw the headline of the school newspaper for the University of North Carolina. No, but I heard of the I heard, what about it? What was it? They had four different four different clusters of outbreak within forty eight hours. Like on four different dorms and four different like, you know, spots around and it's a big campus. The headlines like 
you know, 22 point, like, you know, times no work right across clusterfuck. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I think that paper and headline will go down there with like Dewey wins. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Um, And the same thing is like, you know, all these other schools that open within a week or two weeks, we're sending kids home or I think it's like Oklahoma state or something like that. There was a sorority that, you know, 23 of the, you know, the girls in the sorority all tested positive, you know? And so they're, it's amazing because if you can't keep college kids from fucking following the rules and wearing masks, how are you going to have grade school kids? I read a thing this uh, morning about how on some flight, and this is extreme, but a a family, a mother traveling with, I think six children, (laughs) got kicked off a flight because her two-year-old refused to wear a mask. Right. You know, it's just like, you know, obviously a two-year-old is not going to school, but it's that same kind of thing. It's just like, it's it's almost impossible to congregate any number of kids or young people or anybody. So, six-year-olds, the, the big thing is kids need socialization. They know, okay, great. You got the class cut in half. So you got 16 to 18 six-year-olds in the room. Good luck keeping them oh they got to be socialized but they can't play with each other they got to be socialized but they can't talk to each other during their breakfast and lunch they got to be so you know it's like honestly you know our town like i've said was was almost too good where between our two boys who were the sixth and third grade last year 26 to 27 different zoom meetings and it was a laborious task, me keeping the schedule, getting the right one on the right tablet, you know, for their class. And that was in two or three weeks of everything going to hell. Within two or three weeks of everything going to hell, they figured it out. They had a robust thing. There was all the socialization, you know, like class reading projects. The, the boys were in a school play together where they rehearsed a play, you know, through the Zoom meetings. It wasn't ideal, but I applauded all the effort and everything that went into it. What's frustrating me now is you had six months. Like you were able to figure this out within two or three weeks with no lead time. Now you had six months. You had six months and everybody seems to be completely caught off guard. It's like, what the fuck? Why? Okay, I know everybody wants to go back to school. I know that's what the idea. I know we need the economy. But, you know, just just for shits and giggles, why don't we put a robust plan together in case there's no federal mandate, mask laws, or guidance from the government, and this gets worse. When we thought it was the absolute worst in April, let's make sure just in case we we go out of our way to keep fucking up that we have a robust plan. Yeah, and then well, you also do not – you got to think about the kids who don't have access to the internet as well as some, you know, some people have. So, you know, the, you don't want um, – Children to not be uh, included or um, left behind, but at the same time, yeah, um, I've already gone cross-eyed trying to think of how to solve the world's problems. At well, least- you know, we we live in a town with a lot of challenges, you know, and our town within within two weeks, every kid had a tablet of some kind. It, you know, it might not have been the latest and greatest, but it could get on the Zoom meetings, you could get your homework done. And the kids who don't have high speed internet, they got hotspots for. You know, I mean and, and this, you know, you know, Lowell has a lot of challenges. It's not, you know, we're surrounded by some rich towns, but Lowell doesn't have all that infrastructure. And if Lowell can do it, uh, any town can do it. Like they made it a priority. They they figured out Okay, we have the lunches available for kids to come to school and get it, 
but a lot of kids can't get there. So they sent every student an EBT card, you know, I mean, because the town said, okay, we're budgeted for $5 and 41 cents per day per child. So let's take the number of school days from now to the end of the year and make sure the kids get fed. And, and so if Lowell can figure it out, and like I said, that's within two or three weeks of shit going sideways in March and early April. And April, May, June, July, August, September, you got five to six months. And you and the fact that so many people are now having to figure out split shifts. I mean, from day to day in the last, I'm going to say in the last eight business days, the town has changed what it was going to do four times, you know, and, and we still got three weeks to go, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and my, my guess is, like I said, one or two kids get it, a bus driver gets it and they're going to pull the shoot on it. So, but that's, um, but on a happier note, Joe, um, a happier note, I, yeah, I'm going to say happier note. I'm i uh, I'm very happy and excited about Kamala Harris being named the democratic ticket, M, uh, I said, almost said MVP, uh, VP. Well, maybe she will turn out to be the MVP. We'll see. We'll see how she does on the campaign trail. But um, it wasn't a surprise. You know, I don't think it was a big surprise. And I think it, it came down like the last two weeks. It was it was what Susan Rice. It was you know Susan Rice and um, and and Kamala Harris. And I'm, I'm I had said that you know I. Of course, wanted Elizabeth Warren, but I, I get the reasons why you can't have an all-white ticket in 2020, or you shouldn't. You know, you should be more inclusive. I was hoping that uh, Kamala Harris would be the Attorney General to go from William Barr to her. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was very, I was very excited about that. But I think she's great. Um, kudos to the DNC, who I think I think hosted a, a pretty great virtual um convention i don't know how much of it you caught highlights or or what have you but uh i was pretty impressed i uh i i liked what i saw and uh, i think they got yeah they got high marks all around from the majority of the democrats and a couple of republicans i saw somebody tweet out because colin powell spoke at the national convention somebody tweeted out uh why do republicans get two conventions <laughs> <laughs> And that's, I think that's the big scare among progressives in the Democratic side is that, oh, no, Biden and Harris, yeah, they're fine candidates, but they're not as progressive as we want the party to be. They're right down the middle, maybe a little more conservative than we'd like them to be. This isn't an ideal candidate. It isn't Bernie. Wham, wham, wham. And there's a lot of people who are like, you know, I'll vote for Biden, but, you know, fuck Biden and Harris because... They're, you know, they're not pushing, um, you know, the, the, the Green New the, Deal, the Green New Deal or, you know, Medicare. But, for but all. see, I, I think I think you got to be wrong because I hear they're part of the extreme left. I, you know, it's funny when Kamala Harris was running for president, um, you know, the Russian troll farms. And this was a big news. Like, you know, the FBI came to her and said, you know, Bernie's camp is being, um, you know, the troll farms are going after Bernie. And, or they were promoting Bernie because tr- they wanted him to run against Trump. They mm-hmm. thought he was too extreme. And they were also going against Harris because they were afraid of her. And what they were pushing out on Twitter on her, 
is that she's really a cop man. She's a wolf in sheep's clothing. She's way too conservative. She was part of the, you know, the criminal justice system that put too many, like, you know, black, black bodies people in jail. in jail. And she's really just a cop. Kamala Harris is a cop. She's a cop. She's a cop. And now it's like, she's the extreme left liberal. She's too liberal. You know, and, and uh-huh. what I like is it really presents a problem for the Trump administration or for Trump himself. Does he attack her because she's of Indian heritage? Does she attack him because she's black? Does she go? Oh, does he go after her because she's a woman? I mean, there's just so many things. Right, it's like choosing a it's like choosing a new Netflix show. You know, you have so many choices. <laughs> so, so they, you know, there's so many racist ways to go. All of them, which are great. All of them, which are real and weird. misogynistic and misogynistic. Right. right, you got you got your xenophobia going. You got your you know your black thing going. You got your woman thing going. You know, I mean, they they just got a focus in on like which one of these things is really gonna you know get hammered home um you might have but, to have like a you know racist monday misogynistic tuesday, tuesday. you know it's you know <laughs> do your legs on one day you got arm day on the other i mean so you heard you know they they, they did they they pulled in big hitters like you know colin powell i a lot of people myself included uh, you know why aoc got like one minute and yet they rolled out the red carpet for Mike Bloomberg, who had said, hey, I'm going to support the, the money I would spend on my own campaign. I'm going to support on whoever is at the top of the ticket if it's not me. And he hasn't spent that money. He had said to his campaign people, who are, a lot of people who gave up their job to work on the Bloomberg for president thing, I'm going to pay everybody through the election you know, who worked on my campaign. Fun fact, he hasn't. And so, I mean, that, that was one of the reasons I don't think he did well. I mean, he, he was, a, you know, another old billionaire who has for many years been a Republican, who kind of switched to a Democrat, but did he really? And yet they give him the prime spot. But with that said, I, I like, you know, Obama, the Obamas, both Michelle gave an amazing speech, which it's going to be interesting to see if Melania delivers it better when she gets to deliver <laughs> yeah, right. next week. Um, you had, you know, Barack Obama, you know, give just an amazing speech. Um, I will say I'm worried about the lineup of heavy hitters that the RNC has. They got Scott Bale. <gasps> they got the My Pillow guy. <gasps> they got that couple who actually had their guns taken away for drawing guns on the protesters in St. Louis, those people, they're going, they, they are guests who are going to be, you know, speaking. I don't know if they're speaking, but they're going to be there. And, and dude, how, how do you compete with Kid Rock? How, how do you do it? I don't think you can. I think it was made illegal to compete with Kid Rock since Trump came <laughs> into office. You know, so it's going to be, uh, but I, I, I think they did. Um, I, I think they did a, a, a great job. I also think, and I don't know. Did you put the meme together? I think it might be my favorite tweet of my podcast pal Joe uh, when he tw- tweeted out last week, checks and balance. Oh, yeah. It was my little joke. Uh, I said Trump loves checks and balances, and I put a picture of his check to Michael Cohen and him trying to balance himself on the ramp. <laughs> dude, that, that was, yeah, no, seriously. And it got, it got, dude, it got a like and a retweet. <laughs> I hate you. It got one um, like and one retweet. And that's actually more 
That was actually more of a response than when I tweeted from our Carnival personnel account last week that we weren't going to have a podcast. <laughs> I, I think people were just too upset. Yes. I, I, I think, that's, I, think that's I broke the internet with that one. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it's a good thing you have Twitter to put that stuff out there because let's say you wanted to mail a notice out to everybody. It might not get there. Fun fact, the post office, which is part of our Constitution, which has stood the test of time for 250 years. The failing U.S. Postal Service. It, it outlasted the Whig Party. It, it survived World War II and the Depressions and, you know, the... Disco. Everything. Every, everything. And now it's, it's, it's faces Grimace Hour. And what I love is, well, it has to be run like a business. It's losing money. It's only losing money... Like, well, you can't swim. No, I can't swim. You handcuff me and put me in these smenkaloshes and sent me to sleep with the fishes. And honestly, we won't go down the whole rabbit hole. What happened in 2006 by the, you know, by the Republicans who made them the, – the post office system had to be solvent for retirement funds for the next 85 years. So for people who weren't even born – and, and I, I wish I was making that up. For people who weren't even born, we had to show that, well, when they're 20, they become a postman and retire at 65. We got to make sure when they're 85 that they that your funds haven't run out. Uh, but before that, the three years before that, turn a profit. However, it's not supposed to turn a profit. I mean, did your town's, did your town's police station turn a profit last year? Um, the fire department. I mean, you know, have you seen some of the seizures that they, uh, that they confiscated from uh, <laughs> all the drug busts? Um, yeah, right, exactly. It's a service. It's supposed to be part of, uh, what do you call that? Uh, public service. <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. a, it's <laughs> not a cat. It's like, remember when the news wasn't supposed to, um, you be know, a profit center. big, be a profit center for networks. Everything's a profit center now. You know why? Republicans. Hey, but that's it. It's like, oh, well, we'll privatize it. And, and fun, fun fact, the, the douchebag who's truly, you know, they think because we're doing this in public, because the grifting is happening in public, and the guy who is the postmaster general who lied under oath on Friday, fun fact, he is owner of a company that, you know, when the post office is backed up, sort the mail for the post office. And guess who's getting all the unsorted mail now that they literally took the machines, and I'm saying literally, literally the right way. They took the machines out of the post office and just put them up. They were working. They were fine. They weren't broken and said, oh, now we have to outsource this. Oh, we have a mail backup because we don't have those sorting machines. But it's right there. Yeah, but it's outside. We'll bring it back in. We can't do it. Why? Because it's outside. They, they, they went around and started unbolting mailboxes you know, yes. from, from the ground. And, and so he said, okay, well, we won't do any more shenanigans before, and this was under oath on Friday, we won't do any more shenanigans before the election. Are you going to undo the damage? Oh, no. no right, no. yeah, no. no, 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 we got everything we needed to get done by the, uh, by the deadline, and, just and, under and, the wire. Uh, 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 yes or no? Does oxygen no. pull as high as the post office does? Because the post office is about 91% approval rating. So granted, every Democrat loves it. So that means it's only polling at uh, 85% with Democrat. You know, how many veterans re rely on it for their medication and old people for their, their checks? Or their, you know, it's just unbelievable that they this broadly have gone after, you know, the post office and the election. And, and, you know, at the same time, 
it doesn't it doesn't even make the news. I think it was last Monday or Tuesday, which was what five hundred and sixteen news cycles ago. You know, six hundred and fourteen awful like hair raising tweets um, for, from Bunker Boy. But the and I'll say this: the GOP led Senate Intelligence Committee. I think it's five Republicans, four Democrats. Mm-hmm. They released their fifth and final report saying, oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, the higher echelon of the Trump administration colluded. That's their words. Colluded with Russia. Like, flat out, they're like, they went further than the Mueller report did, saying, oh, yeah, without a doubt, they colluded with Russia. It barely made the news. Well, because, I mean, it barely uh, made the news. I mean, you know, there were mean things said to Trump by the Goodyear Tire people. I think they, they weren't going to allow their workers to wear MAGA hats, and therefore Trump had to uh, boycott Goodyear Tires. But they're an American company. Yeah, but we can get better tires. They, 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 believe me. And, and, and the fact that it, MAGA hats weren't barred at the factory, political attire was. Right, which included they, right, they, they, which they skewed into making, uh, oh, yeah, it's an anti-Trump sentiment. Well, you know. Uh, I don't like them. They're and, and their stock tumbled the next day. It's like here is the president who lives and dies by the stock market, you know, and how it does is how he – I mean because the stock market is doing great because Steve Mnuchin said back in April and, – and oh, and who's the other guy? Uh, I see him. He's like the crypt keeper. Anyways, um, yeah, we're going to make sure that the stock market is fine. Like that. that's truly – all they openly care about the stock. I mean, how is that not illegal stock manipulation? You know, and, and to shit on an American company. It's like, is there, is there a few companies that are more American branded than Goodyear Tire? It's what is it, a hundred and twenty five, hundred and forty year company, and because it got twisted around. But it only I only like around. younger companies. You know, 35, 40 years. You know, if it was a 17-year-old company, he'd get, you know, Jeffrey Epstein to hook him up with it. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, while, you know, while we're on the awful, what really scares me, and this is one of the things why Barack is, you know, in his speech said, look, democracy is at death's door. For the first time in 50 years, and I, I hope I get the name right, the Benevolent Order of New York City Police Officers – or the New York City Police Officers Benevolent Order, you know. Mm-hmm. No, we are the people's Jujeo front. <laughs> we are the people's front of Jujeo. Die. Um, like they gave an endorsement to Trump, who then turned around and said, hey, great, that's thanks. And, uh, you know, go ahead and keep beating the fuck out of press people because uh, I got your back. Like flat out said, be more brutal. You know how you're beating the fuck out of these people protesting because you're beating the fuck out of them? I think you guys can step it up and beat the fuck out of them more. Don't worry. Me and Bar- I mean, it's the same thing. QAnon, which I, I wish I wish I lived in a world where I was making this up. QAnon is listed as a domestic threat, you know, by, by Homeland Security. They endorsed the president this past week, which he gladly accepted. Like, like, like and, and the more and so they started making the news a lot this week because or last week. Because I think it's in Arizona, a congressperson on the you know on the GOP ticket is a pride, a proud xenophobic QAnon member, 
and has flat out like I mean that's it was bad enough when the Tea Party people started getting government positions in the House and Senate. Now we got QAnon that Homeland Security list as a domestic threat. Yeah, QAnon you know? is the group of people who believe that there's a uh, a shadowy figure named Q who is a leader of a Satanistic uh, pedophile ring, right? Democrat Democrats. There's a ring of and I again wish you were funny enough to make this up cannibalistic that's right pedophiles like you you and satanic cannibalistic. right satanic well, cannibalistic I think the satanic goes with it yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> well you know there are many fine satanic uh, people on many sides so so where, where does steve bannon fall in on all this um i where, where does he fall in? i don't know man he's a he's he, I, I, all I know is he got arrested for doing what evangelicals were doing to their people for centuries. Or, so, what's your favorite part of the story? Because I, I don't know my favorite part. Is it that he was arrested on a Chinese billionaire's private yacht in the waters of Connecticut? Was it the fact that he was taken into custody? By the Postal Service? <laughs> like, like we are fucking with the post office and trying to keep them from having us vote. But yet, I did not know that they had a branch of uh, of Navy SEALs going out. Uh, but yes, the fact that he's on a Chinese billionaire's yacht, 100-foot yacht, in the Connecticut waters, the fact that it was members of the U.S. Postal Service who brought him into custody, you know, or the fact that the fraud was... He he stole funds from a private group that was funding the building of the wall. So it was already a sham on top of a sham, right? I'm going to be happy that those people's money got stolen. Twenty-five so wait, million dollars. You were giving money because of your xenophobic hatred to this guy who told you, "Oh yeah, I hate these people too." I'm gonna. I've never built the wall. I, you know, I built you know Breitbart newspaper that. Uh, has poisoned your mind, but now I'm going to get into the control. And the great thing is uh, Trump barely knows him. You know, he feels bad for him because he was a great businessman at, at Goldman Sachs because, you know, Goldman Sachs hands him. But there's one thing I know about Goldman Sachs. They've never done anything to hurt the American public. But the fact that, you know, you gave that guy money and they bragged all their literature and all their speaking engagements a hundred percent of the money we're all working for free. A hundred percent of your money goes to build this wall, and it seems like what's a hundred minus a <laughs> hundred? <laughs> you carry the one. Wait, I got a letter in here, <laughs> you know, but but somehow you promised to be no math. Uh, yeah, so five people got indicted instantly, and you know, you know, Trump tries to distance himself. It's now the seventh or eighth person. It's the third campaign manager. Three of his campaign managers have been indicted on federal charges. The best people. You know, three. I mean, I don't think Obama had three campaign managers for running for Senate. It's <laughs> <laughs> two presidential thing. But you, you mean, you truly, truly couldn't have worse people. And I guess, you know, Donnie Jr. is, is, was part of this organization and no, I'm not one of the people, you know, one of the people who, you know, got indicted. Um, cause Trump's like, yeah, you know, I had nothing to do with this. I guess, 
like his lawyer has come out and like posted clips like three times that Trump has praised this guy. This is back in like 2015, 2016, you know, for leading the way to get the wall done. This is how much people want to do it. That this guy is great. Is this, He's a, gonna help. Is this Cole Fage? I think that's it. Not yes. Coldplay. Not to be confused Not, with Coldplay, which also no. should be indicted on, on different charges. On so many different charges. Um, no, but, but you know, I, I don't know if I should have put the Steve Bannon in the awful part or the great part. <laughs> um, but, Joe, we actually have sport to talk about this week. We do. I'm going to start with a big shout out to my boy, Donnie. Um, uh, 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 this, this kid, Donnie, worked with me with the Pirates, with, with the Mass Pirates. He, at the time, was either a freshman or a sophomore at Suffolk University. And, you know, he had a fun podcast for his four years of college, you know, a sports podcast. Um, he also has helped out my friend Kip with the Mohegan Suns. But I think since pitch one, he's been associated with the single A baseball team, the Worcester Bravehearts. He created their social media pages and is the administrator for their Facebook page and for their Twitter page and Instagram the whole time while going to college, the whole time while working, you know, with me at the Mass Pirates, and you know, he worked directly under, um, you know, under All Star. I'm sorry, um, Price is Right, guest on podcast AJ Price, and it was our second or third game. It was after our no, it was after our first game. Somebody had said, "Hey, the kid who's kind of stuck out in the hallway watching the memorabilia table." has a podcast is really smart and does the thing for the pro maybe you want him to be in studio host because the other guy didn't want to do it dude day one he hit a triple like the first game up there the rest of the season kit was a home run you know and the more i threw at him i'm talking about him specifically today because he was able to get on a phone call with nesson about three weeks about about a month ago now and when baseball hadn't come back yet it's called the Future Leagues. I think it's F. I'm trying to think. It's called the Future Leagues. It's single A baseball in New England. They decided, yeah, we're going to come back and play baseball, not have crowds, you know, not play at the stadiums and stuff like that. But, you know, we're going to play baseball and was able to get on the call with Nesson and say, look, the Bruins aren't playing. The Red Sox aren't playing. I worked with the Pirates and you covered the Pirates games. What do you, uh, what do you say about, you know, throwing us a few games? Got a three-game deal with Nesson, in which he was the play-by-play guy. So he's wow. 22 years old. Literally, the ink on his college diploma isn't dry yet, and he already has on his resume that he's brought. I mean, Nesson is one of the biggest regional sports carriers. I think it was the first big regional sports carrier. Uh, nationwide. Everybody knows what Nesson is. It, it's carried the Red Sox for 30 years, the Bruins for 30 years. Um, so truly, of all the sports people I know who are struggling, hey, what are we going to do? Our sport's not coming back. You know, the kid, you know, um, uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> so <laughs> so big shout out to, you know, to our, our buddy Donnie, uh, you know, on, on the Carnival Personnel Twitter page, like, when we post this podcast, you know, I'll give him a shout out in his Twitter handle. If anybody wants to follow him, you know, really good kid. Um, really, really hardworking. And I said to the rest of the guys, like, you know, price and, and Rodney, and I was talking to Rodney the other day, another, another broadcast partner of ours. Um, do you think Donnie will remember us and take our calls in five years? <laughs> 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 
But uh, but Joe, the Bruins are back, the Celtics are back, and I cannot believe I've not completely fallen, but uh, I, I watched a little hockey this week. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to lie. watched a little hockey this week. As soon as Tuka Rask was out of the equation, you said, hey, what's up with these Bruins? I, 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 and I was. I was actually going to wait till the second or third round. I'm like, you know, I, I didn't watch any of the preliminary rounds or any of that. You know, I've been anti-sports coming back. Then the news broke Atuka. And look, I feel bad. I don't know the real, the full story why he left. I just know I like the guy. I think he gets unfairly criticized a lot in Boston because he hasn't won the big one. You know, there was an era where if you lost in the cup twice, you were getting a statue built in Boston for you. <laughs> I mean, can, do you do you realize, Joe? Do you realize? I think he might have one or possibly zero playoff wins, Roger Clemens, and he's considered one of the greatest pitchers in Red Sox history. Uh, we there, there was a time twenty one strikeouts, twenty one strikeouts, one game. That's pretty awesome. Right, right, right. In the well, twenty season, was it twenty strikeouts or twenty one? Twenty strikeouts. Yeah, twenty strikeouts. Twenty strikeouts. Yeah, against the Seattle Mariners, who at the time I'm not sure won a Philly with a Triple A league. I, I, it's a little, it's a little gray in that. But but seriously, great career, all this stuff. But in the city of Boston, the great city of Boston, there was a time. I mean, look, I, is there anybody more beloved in, in, in the Bruins from 1980 to 2010 other than Ray Bork, who, who did win one cup right. for the Colorado Rapids? Yep, right. <laughs> and man, did we all glam on him winning the cup. For the, you know, he was a Bruin for 20 years. So We were uh, starving. We were starving. We needed the scraps. So, so you know, so Tim Thomas has gotten to the Cup Finals twice. I mean, he's had the Bruins, the best team in hockey in the regular season, which means shit, you know, a few times. He's a good goalie. He has had the yips at the wrong time. He's also, you know, a few years ago, uh, you know, going into a, a pivotal game five, you know, had the flu and then one time had diarrhea, and I'm not making it up, and one time had some other kind of, you know, pulled, uvula or something like that i mean he's begged out of big games in the past so now with covid his family issues and all You're talking this about stuff, rask now i'm talking about tuka rask yeah you, so, can, you said tim thomas earlier so oh, that... I'm sorry. well i didn't mean to no tim thomas had some other issues, yes but, yeah all right I, yeah. but he didn't win a cup so you know, thomas so won a cup that. what's that thomas won a cup didn't he thomas won the cup yes and and, and and that's the thing like there were games the bruins should not have won right there were games that they should not have won that Tim Thomas stole. Rask hasn't lost a lot of games for the Bruins, but he sure hasn't stole, you know, snatched. Right. You know, we could have used him that game seven. Is all I'm saying. We could have used him that game seven. Go on. So, 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 so when he begs out of this, it's just, I don't see him coming back and playing in a Bruin thing. And, and, and on one hand, it's a family thing. He, he didn't feel right. He begged out, but he could have done that three weeks ago. Before they went into quarantine in the bubble, before they had two weeks of preliminary games. Before they're, you know, into and two the, games the, of the playoffs. <laughs> right. If he had done it three weeks ago, said, you know, I mean, look at all the Patriot players who have opted out. And we're talking some big names, Cannon and Hightower. I mean, those are bona fide starter, you know, all pro players. Those are all-stars who have taken the season off. No one's giving them shit. But don't forget no that saying, we know that Rask has mental problems. Well, he is a goalie. I've already said that. <laughs> you know? um, but, I, but I have watched, you know... It, it, <laughs> I like how we just gloss over the guy that legitimately has like mental problems. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, fuck him. 
So, anyways, the Bruins. <laughs> so, so I, I can't help them. You know, I lack of degrees on my wall that say doctor doesn't give me. Um, but you know, and I'm not going to fall down the rabbit hole. Yes, I will watch Game Six of the Celtics in the finals after we're up three games to two. You know, and and I'll check in with with Siri. Uh, you know, when I, when I think they're going the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and I'll watch, yep. you know, but, but other than that, look, I hope they win, you know, cause I have friends who are Celtics fans. You but- wait till 1159 on new year's Eve to watch the ball drop. <laughs> I, uh, but I will say Joe, since, since what bar did we see the Titan Patriot game in, in January? Oh, uh, whoa. Was that, uh, oh yeah. It was a nice it, restaurant. Yeah. I forget the name. It's, it's, it's in Burlington. <laughs> Remember when we could go to restaurants and sports bars? That's how long ago it was. I can't remember the so, name. That's the last time I listened to sports radio. Yep. So I hear that the, you know, so I did the other day. Redstone. You know, the, 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 thank you. The, the game one that the Bruins won. Oh, somebody had, somebody had texted me that, hey, are you watching? I think of the F&H group chat. Oh, the Bruins are going into overtime. I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'll watch. And I watched the overtime, and then I watched the second overtime, which was funny because their game had to be moved to 11.30 in the morning on Wednesday morning instead of Tuesday night at 8. Because I, I, I heard, I saw the ticker, oh, the Bruins game was postponed. And I'm like, oh, somebody tested positive COVID. That was my go-to because that's what happened in baseball and MLS. And no, it's because another playoff game went five because there's only one rink that they're playing at. <laughs> went five overtimes. Oh my god! Like, dude, that's three. That's nearly three hockey games back to back to back. So they push the game to the next morning. So then the the next hockey game, it's in double overtime. I watch, and it, it was great. You know, any double overtime overtime game that you win is great. So. I have to run an errand. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's been seven months. It's been eight months. I'm going to throw it on sports radio. I turn it on sports radio and it's, it's, you know, it's my former beloved 98.5 within 30 seconds. The piece of shit, you know, broadcaster is going off about, well, the Bruins are a much better team. They shouldn't even let it get into overtime. And the second, you know, it's like the second goal that, you know, that Rask let up. It's like, you know, my grandmother would have. It's like, dude, they just won a double overtime game to start the playoffs. Like, they were the best team in hockey before COVID hit. And then when they got to the bubble, they were like the worst team. They were like the first seed and they dropped to the fourth seed. I don't think they won a game in the round robin. I mean, they were in the playoffs, but it was all for seeding. And honestly, within 30 seconds of the stair show starting talking about it. I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is just toxic. Like I, well, that was I, you during, that was you during every fucking Patriots game for yes. a year. So it's just like, yeah, they won 38 to three, but did it really need to be that close? I mean, it's just like, <laughs> dude, if you look at the second quarter of that game, <laughs> they, cause I know the game you're talking about, right? They, no. they, they forced three turnovers, but they could have done a, a fourth. But dude, it is. It's just um, uh, I with 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 a little hindsight, with a little distance and clarity, I'm like, oh my fucking god! What a cock I was. No, no, yeah, granted. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm throwing myself on the mercy of the court. I plead insanity. Uh, But I did. I'm like, oh god, this is everything that's wrong. This is one of the reasons why I started to not like sports and sports radio. And I did. I got to the point where I would listen to the Patriot game pregame show 
and if they won the post game show, but I couldn't listen the following day. So what like, do you do? You, you listen, show. you listen to political talk shows now, which is basically sports. Uh, you know, I got into, you know, uh, no, yes, it yes. Is, it, it's a new sport. It's yes, all 100%, sports, man. 100%. It's us versus them. But I'll listen to it more when my good friend Donnie, Nesson broadcaster, is broadcasting <laughs> some political stuff. Uh, Joe, what do you got in video games? Oh, boy, what have I been doing video games? It's been two weeks. It's been a while since we talked about video games. What have I done? Well, I've been uh, tinkering, like I said, two weeks ago in the basement, playing some old Xbox games. I've been playing some old Wii games. I've been modifying my systems so that I could, instead of playing off the discs themselves, I could hook them up to hard drives and I can load the, you know, it's a little, some hackery going on. So I'm playing some older mid-2000 range games. Nothing too exciting. And the, yeah, as far as like new stuff goes, yeah, I've been I haven't turned on my PS4 for video games in about maybe the two weeks, maybe even longer. It's been it's been that long. I'll go back to it, I'm sure. But right now, I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm like I'm resurrecting like old laptops that my kids had that had died, but I was too impatient or not knowledgeable enough to fix back then. So I just bought them a new laptop, but I kept the old one. I'm like, eh, let me see if I can get this working again. Oh, great. So now I actually revived my older son's piece, the windows PC. That was a pretty good gaming laptop, but it had hard, like it had some weird hard drive issues. I fixed that. So now I have a windows laptop. Yay. So now I'm, I'm kind of in with the new windows era. I have a windows 10. It's great. And it's, it's a decent machine. So I'm doing uh, that, but I'm literally like only using it to play old games. So like I'm turning it into an emulation machine. I'm not getting involved in anything new, but um, but maybe that's just maybe that's just um, the way it's going to be. You know, maybe it's time for me to stop, put my childish things away. It's it's all about the Pentiums. I'll control out delete you. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, no, that's I mean. Uh, I, whatever nerd old things yeah yeah yeah. we got you know but what do you I'm want me to say what are you doing video game wise that's what I, i'm sorry to, to have interrupted you from talking about your stuff by talking you know, about my you know, stuff like hey enough about me what do you what, think about you? Me? what do you think of me uh what what's old is new again joe and you never get your first love we've we've been plagued if you follow me on twitter you know we've been plagued with some internet problems at, at my house um and so my my oldest guy you know, is just at wit's end because he can't get on his games. They keep lagging out. He, he, you know, is it the PS4? We actually plugged the old PS3 upstairs to kind of run speed test on both of those. And so the PS3, and we have an old PS3. I mean, it takes four people. Like, it's easy to get a piano. <laughs> right. <laughs> the PS3 fat. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And this thing is fucking loud. It's honestly, it's like, wait. Is Sully Sullenberg landing? <laughs> we have it set to outside. Logan. Yeah. Uh, but it's loud. And, and so I had to hook it up. I had to run some tests. And I'm like, you know, it's 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 here. And I do have Resident Evil 5. Um, and I will tell you that I was upset and delighted that none of the uh, old information saved. So I had to play from scratch. Like, no upgrades, no nothing. And you um, love a Resident Evil challenge. 
and it it was really great because like a like, virgin my, my, my <laughs> both my oldest and youngest were like waiting for me to freak out it's like oh papa that really sucks it really sucks it's like yeah no not really yeah i mean and it's like you know uh, let's let's see if i let's see if i'm really good at the game or if it's because i've upgraded to like god mode and i can walk around with the infinity rocket launcher um but I haven't had time to play that many games, Joe, because I just tell you, Joe, too much, too much good stuff on the streaming, too, too much good stuff. Um, wife and I are trying to get caught up on the flash. Uh, the little guy wanted to check out floor is lava. Have, have you, have you watched a little floor is lava? I haven't watched it, but I've seen the trailers for it. It's a game show on Netflix where it, fam- it does suck. Well, it doesn't, it wants to be Wipeout. It's no fucking wipeout without without um, Jim um, with John Henson and John Anderson. So, so, like wipeout is fun. It's funny you mentioned wipeout because when I was going back to the old Wii games, one of the games that I have for the Wii is the wipeout game with John Anderson and John Henderson's voice. Like they actually did like original commentary for the game, and Jillian Anderson's on the sidelines, like the old days. And That's I was playing great. it. I'm playing it, and I'm like, you know what? The gameplay is kind of meh, but they, they, they do the replays of when the people get wiped out, and the commentary that goes with it is worth the price of admission. Dude, I mean, so anything that's in that realm of these absurd physical challenge shows, it, you know, it's like, it, 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 I'm, it's, you're going to compare it to it. You, you know what I mean? You should watch Holy Moly. On, Holy moly. on ABC. It's the miniature golf game. I brought it up, I think, a couple of times before, but it's miniature golf game. It's a, it's uh, called by, uh, I forget the guy, like there's a play-by-play guy who's paired up with um, Rob Riggle. And they're, oh, and, they're, and they're wearing the ABC Sports yellow jackets. <laughs> and it's a ridiculous game. John Lovitz, he plays a guy that uh, on one hole where he's like a pirate, and he, I guess he's a very good like golfer. So he'll chip shot for the first thing with one of the eye patch, and then the the person in second place he'll then put on a second eye patch <laughs> and do the chip shot. Dude, I will check that out. It's a it's a and it moves just like Wipeout, and it's really funny. It's really well done. Steph Curry's an executive producer, so I know I should have led. I buried the lead on that one. <laughs> Stephen Curry. Um. Uh, is part of no. the show, but yeah, they, they I, I, it's on. I think it's on Hulu. You can watch them on Hulu. I will check that out. But I heard Floors Lava, and it was a big hit show, and everybody's been binging it. And I watch, and it's fun. You know, I mean, it's okay. You know, but it's so forced reality type thing, and these challenges are goofy, and it's it's fine. And it's a, and just to talk about the premise of the show, isn't it? Like they put these like groups of people together. It's almost like Double Dare ish, but they have to do physical challenges where. They have to like parkour, jump from platform to platform, and go through these hoops or whatever. But they can't literally go into the floor because it's this glowing, yellow, like lava-looking water. Right. If you fall or slip off one of the things, you're gone. It's like you're gone. It's like three or four or five feet of water. It's over. Like you're right. It's not, it's not like one of those goofy things where they they swim back to the shore and then try again. No, they're eliminated. You're gone. You're gone. Like yeah. and and there's some. Challenge is like, oh, well, if you figure out that this isn't like really what you think it is, and if you knock it over, it's a platform you can jump from the next thing, you know what I mean? So you, there's some Puzzle. problem solving yeah. skills and puzzles. It's always team, with, but it's always so goofy. It's like, you know, that this, oh, we're three co workers who, you know, drink beers. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. look, it's fine. I shouldn't be curmudgeon as I am, but um, 
uh, I guess you're contagious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> which, 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 let's face it, I was a ray of sunshine before I met you, but not like you <laughs> were who bonded over hating everything together. Um, no, like I said, I'm always going to compare it to Wipeout. I will watch that. The other thing, like, we've slowed down on Community because we're now on our last season. Uh-oh. So the wife and I are like, well, we'll watch an episode in a couple days. So let's go back and we're watching season two of the Umbrella Academy, which is fun. You know, it's taking place. And I, I think I talked about the last podcast that we did. It takes place in um, Dallas, Texas in 1963, the week before Kennedy gets shot. You know, and uh, so the Umbrella Academy is, is, is pretty good. I watched this movie Goldfinch, you know, which was one of those supposed to be released in the big theaters and ended up going like straight to Netflix. Uh, that was okay. Watched a really fun movie called Old Guard. Um, oh, she's from South Africa, the the actress. Shirley Theron? Like, yeah, she complete. I don't know a human being who has a more chiseled face. Yeah. Like I say, I say that completely complimentary, but she is from every angle. It's like her features are just so sharp and chiseled, but it's called old guard. It was good. I binge watched a show called homecoming, you know, season two, but, uh, but this is, this is new show or I don't know how new it is, but I started watching the show on HBO max called Barry. Really? What's it about? I I don't know if you heard about it. No. Well, okay. Well, I'm glad I can tell you about it. Uh, Bill Hader. Uh, oh, I know. I know. I like him. He's from Saturday Night Live. Uh, yes, he right. Okay, so so you know who he is. Um, that other guy. What is his face? Uh, the Fonz. Um, he was on uh, Kirk. No, um, uh, Bob, 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 uh, Henry Winkler. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think he did a movie called Night Shift. Um, so he's an Sandy Henry Winkler is this acting coach. Bill Hader is this assassin, kind of a reluctant assassin who falls into a. a theater acting group while on assignment in LA. And um, it's, it's, it's tough to watch because it's, it's, it's one awful situation. Okay. They solved this awful situation and now I can get on with life. Wait a minute. Turns out that awful situation I, I solved opened up three new awful situations, (laughs) which I now have to deal with. And Oh my God. He's dating an actress, and he's finding out really quick that actresses are the worst people on the planet <laughs> to date. You know, take everything you you like about you know any wife or girlfriend you've ever had, and throw it out the window, and take all the psycho and quadruple it. But she's pretty. That's dating an actress. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, right? But um, she's she's not a like. Um- Charlie's Theron level actress. No, 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 no. Which, which is the worst part, you know. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I, I binge watched season one. I will say, I didn't completely. Look, uh, uh, the twenty eight minute episodes took me twenty five minutes, not twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched most of it. Oh, the driving from point A to point B by himself. Internal thoughts. Ten second. Ten second. Ten second. Oh, back ten seconds. He's talking to somebody. Okay, ten seconds. So I watched most of it without fast forwarding it. I'm uh, I, I should I'll, I'll finish. I, you're not watching it with me. Just hearing <laughs> that I do that irritates you. Um, but we, you know, uh, but I, I will finish season two this week. What's the reason I was able to watch most of season one without fast forwarding anything, Joe? Is because I knew there was a season two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a season three. So as we get close to the end of season three. 
it might take me a little time to get through those. It might, I might have to watch like each episode over the course of like four days, let's say. <laughs> um, but but I'm, I, I was watching Barry. Um, I don't know what you're watching. I, I can't wait to hear it other than holy moly. But while we were talking game shows, um, are you excited about Leslie Jones re- redoing supermarket sweeps? I mean, it's fine. I, I've known about it for some time. Because I follow those Twitter accounts that, you know, gossip about ga- upcoming game shows. So, you know, I'm, I was never a big fan of Supermarket Sweep in the 90s. I know they show it a lot now on Buzzer, the old game show channel. So I, I do watch that by default because it's on when I'm going to sleep, you know. So it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's what that, that I put on Buzzer as the background noise. You know, it's, it's my murder, she wrote, or law and order. You know, like some people, they watch these procedurals that put them away to La La Land. I myself put on Buzzer so I can hear dings and, and buzzers and whistles and people screaming while I'm going to sleep. And, <laughs> you know, and fun screaming, good screaming. But I was never a big fan of it, but it. I like Leslie Jones. Um, I hope she doesn't overdo it. She 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 can sometimes be over the, like her Olympic coverage, which I thought was great. My wife loved it, but I'm like, yeah, you can't really be that excited. You about can't sustain it. that level of, of of yelling. What is what is that where you cross country ski and then shoot? <laughs> it's right, like, it's like the biathlon. I think right. Dude, oh, I didn't know you were gay. <laughs> I'm not. Shut I'm on by. I'm by. <laughs> you can paint a thousand houses. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's funny. It's, it's as soon as your dream comes true, you like you already have my kids smashed my computer. That didn't work, <laughs> mom. But seriously, I'm trying to remember. I remember Melissa McCarthy. I remember the, the Alamo. Sorry, not live. It's no basement of the Alamo. Um, Melissa McCarthy was the guest on Sorry Night Live where they did supermarket sweep. And I think Leslie Jones was the broadcaster, and Melissa McCarthy like went into the back room and came out with the uncut, like, you know, side of the <laughs> They're like, at $5 a pound, that's like a $1,400 fare. Mike has two giant boxes of cereal in his car, and I think he's going to have to up his game. And then Melissa McCarthy like, got the cash register. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go back and see, but I, I think you have mentioned it before, but when I was watching the Bruins game the other day, I was like kind of half paying attention to a commercial and then I like rewound it because I'm like, what the fuck is this? It was just items going through a cash register, but it was talking about the show. It was like a pot- picture of Leslie Jones and all these stuff. I'm like, oh, right. I'll give that. I, I do. I like Leslie Jones, so I will definitely check that out. You know, I just get it. I, uh, I, I like it more than um, check it out. Oh, see what I've done there. I hope I like it more than than I have Flores Lava. Probably not as much as Wipeout. And also check out uh, Holy Holy Moly. Moly. Yeah, there's a lot of checking out to do on television. There's uh, There's finally time now. Yes, there is. (laughs) Don't break your glasses. Well, I I don't know if I have much to report on the streaming stuff. I really haven't been watching a lot of TV. I've been kind of listening to podcasts and putzing around on old games and kind of staring off at the staring window, 
I don't know. I've been in, I've been spending a lot more time in the museum, kind of tidying up down here. You know, it's making me jealous. I put away. We used to have. I literally put away toys. I had toys from like kids' childhood that I said, "Fuck that! I don't have time room. My childhood is taking up way too much space. I have to expand into their childhood." So I put their childhood in boxes, put them up in the attic. But uh, wait, I wait, wait, wait. Clarify: the toys or the kids? <laughs> <laughs> the toys. Okay. Right on, right. Don't worry. The kids are in their separate corners. You know, we we you know we do the old morning Ralph, morning Sam every every day. <laughs> Uh, when we go by the uh, and, and, and punch and clock. For clarification's sake, to, to the three people listening, I've actually seen his oldest son and him walk past each other and say, <laughs> "Morning, Ralph. Morning, <laughs> Sam." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I trained them well in in the uh, quotes from Bugs Bunny cartoons. I'm an awful father. Um, but uh, you know, I haven't really been watching much of anything. My wife has been watching. My wife has been watching a lot of BritBox, that uh, BBC streaming service. So. You know, watching like more the more obscure shows from England, and so every time I walk by her, and um, I don't say "Morning Ralph" or "Morning Sam," I say "How's England?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> or I or I look at the TV and go, "British show? Is this from?" Harry, tea with the Queen, are we? Yeah, right, exactly. What What happened if you literally just surprised her and walked into the living room with a tray of tea and crumpets? <laughs> Yeah, that would that would probably result in a blowjob. I I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, flowers and candy, or you walk in with a serving tray. But you got you got to sell it. You got to have the towel over your and say, "Here's your tea, mum." Right, exactly. I, I have to go full down Abbey. Full down. Is, is there another choice? No, or I could go Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but that's a little. Uh, <laughs> It's a little much. Uh, you know, I don't want to appropriate any cultures. I'm even appropriating two cultures there. Um, which, by the way, I guess is getting a reboot. Have you heard about the Fresh Prince reboot? No. There's a, somebody a couple of years ago put out, they hired new actors and made a legitimate trailer to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but is done as a drama. But with white dudes. No. Okay. okay. No. But, uh, but Will Smith saw it. And it got like millions of hits and it was popular. Will Smith saw it and, and collaborated with the guys. Like, yeah, why don't we actually do that? So That's now that, right. <laughs> I don't know how great it's going to be, but they're going to develop a new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as done as a drama. And I don't I know. Like, no, maybe. I like maybe. I don't know. I, don't I like know. the fact that these people put it out there and Will Smith's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, right. You know, it, it couldn't hoit, I guess. You know, it, what, you know, compared to the other shit that he's been in in the past, you know, five or ten years. Um, uh, Sky Squad was a great movie. They should have bought him back as Floyd Lautner and done a second one. Everything else, I'm on the same page. Right. I didn't see Gemini Man. I kind of wanted to, but I didn't. What about I Am Legend? It was that, was right. long, that was a long time ago. It was a long time. It was, it was all right. You know? Yeah. So I have not been watching much of the HBO Max. Uh, I, I have been watching, you know, like the last week tonight. A couple, of, couple of Bill Mars. I'm still hanging in there with the Bill Mar. I, you know, I kind of mm. skip through. I know, I know, I know. But you know what? Some of the things are funny. When he did a eulogy for Trump, that was a pretty good bit. That was a pretty good bit. It, you know, it, uh, I, I liked it. You, 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 I say, completely off the topic. Eulogy for Trump. Trump's brother died last week. Yeah. My guess is if he died from a heart attack or a stroke, 
they would have said he died of a heart attack or a stroke. They didn't say it. It's not yeah. COVID. I don't know if it's COVID. I think I, I, I'm saying it is because they would have gone well out of their way to say. Well, he was hospitalized but, since June. I thought he had gone in for because of something like that. Like it wasn't like uh, I don't know. Maybe it, you know what? I honestly don't care. Yeah, um, thank you. That's I don't care. Trump is I, what I'm saying. I really don't care. Do you? <laughs> thank you. All right. So so Bill Maher gives him a eulogy. Oh, you're right. Because he well, it was the whole John Lewis. It was a response to the John Lewis funeral and how he never gets invited to any. He's the most disinvited president to these, you know, uh, political funerals in history. And it's like, well, maybe it's because he maybe he needs a little like Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn treatment where they got to see what people said about them while they were alive at their funeral. So I'm going to do him the favor and give him a eulogy to see to show him what people think of him now. You know, and so he does like a little eulogy and uh, jokes, of course, are included, none of which I can remember, some of which were very funny. So I, I did I did like that bit. But I think that's it for TV and I think that's it for this podcast. What's your parenting tip? Because I, I've I forget, I think I forgot to feed my kids. So well, well you, you your parenting tip is when you're boxing up your kids' toys to put them in the attic be clear that it's a toys that can put up there and not a reboot of flowers in the attic, which is an awful story. My sister told me about when she read it in junior high that haunts me to this day. Um, so we're not big country fans around here, but you know, there are some staples that you have to have your kids know. They, you, you kids have to know a boy named Sue and the history of the song of Ring of Fire and the great Jerry reads. I wish I learned to cook. Um, also, I think it's important that, you know, early on we taught my sons a little bit about the Kenny Rogers catalog um, because you have to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know when to walk away. And when my son told me that he had just dropped and broke my laptop, well, that son of a gun, he knew when to run. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 And I think it's important as a parent for me to have briefed him over the years to know the appropriate time when to run and man i don't know if it's racist but you can't believe how fast oh, a God. small little don't white do- can run oh. if he's not on fire i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna do the ray romano doing the sportscaster from saturday night oh, Live. No, 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 no. <laughs> no i'm just saying you know you know this 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 hundred you know there's still this hundred this 72 pound like you know four or five like you know hairball man can he move when he wants to and uh I don't know where he moved to. Right. Eventually, I'll send him a letter. Are they casting him as Young Flash? <laughs> I think uh, I think it's important as a parenting tip to make sure that you feed him this information through country music so that they can apply it to real life when when the occasion you know presents itself as it did. But um, that's my parenting tip. Yeah, you know, speaking of the Flash, real quick, did you? And you're wearing a Flash T-shirt. Have you heard the news about the upcoming Flash movie? With Ezra Miller? I don't know. But uh, the inclusion of Batman, former Batman? Yes, yes. The the storyline that they're going with, I mean, DC is really great with convoluted timelines. And I think they're doing Flashpoint, you know, in in the the 32nd, you know, backstory is – Flash's mom was killed, at, you know, in front of him as a kid. You know, he becomes a forensic specialist. He was, you know, in his lap when an accident happened, and that's how he, you know, got his speed. 
but he goes back in time to save his mom. And it's one of those things. It's the reverse of a wonderful life. <laughs> like the things that get fucked up in all these different timelines, you know, because he saved his mom and stuff like that. Right. So there's parallel and, universes. And so, and, 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 you know, they do that. They did that on the CW this past year. And like Kevin Conroy finally got to play Batman, but he got to play a much older crippled Batman who walks with leg braces, you know, mm. type thing. But they are there and they're talking about, I don't know if they got Michael Keaton, but they're talking about actually getting the different people who've played Batman and the different iterations, you know, both on the big screen. I heard, yeah, I heard Ben Affleck and Matt and Michael Keaton uh, are, you know, poised to reprise their roles in this multiverse version of, uh, right. And in the flash this past year in the CW crossover, the flash from the TV show, um, Grant Gusters, Gusterson, Guster, meets up with Ezra Miller. Like, uh-huh. like, like they're both Flash outfits, and they're both like, oh, well, hi. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. It's- Flash is a really sweet character, but everyone got so, like, you, you could hear the collective hard-ons from people <laughs> like me. It's like, does that mean he's going to be in the movie? No. Uh-oh. Or maybe. So, okay, well, you know, that there. so that's my little... Uh, comic book news was uh, seeing <clears throat> the Batman, and they they also revealed like a logo for the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Um, who cares? So, anyways, that's enough. That's enough out of you. Enough out of me. Enough out of we. And Jacques, you know when to hold them and fold them. I know when to walk away, and God damn it, I know when to run. So I'm gonna run away from this microphone. And not talk to you for a whole week. Maybe two. Maybe I'll find a way for your son to break your phone. If I can <laughs> coerce him to somehow take it into the pool with him. You know, I know that there's a party going on this weekend. And uh, maybe we'll get that uh, squared away. But um, until I can devise a more evil plan to end this podcast, Jacques, I think I'm going to have to say to everybody, don't forget. Standing there up beside you. People you've met before The youngest one is from high school But he don't know you no more Can't be sure, just wait and see Remember when, did you wonder if You've already been the best you'll ever be Something is hungry, impressively. There is something he's longing for. You, you were in your teens. Can't be sure, just wait and see. Remember when you wondering far out of bed, the best you'll ever be. Can't be sure, just wait and see Remember when you wondering Far out of bed, best you'll ever be Standing there up beside you 
Looking listless and bored Just a bit disappointed People you've loved before Catfish, you're just waiting to see Remember when you're wandering Far out of the best you'll ever be Catfish, you're just waiting to see Remember when you're wandering Far out of the best you'll ever be 